How we doing, everyone? Another great week. Let's get to the intro. Sit down and chop it up. Let's talk about it. Well, let's ask the right question. I was convinced. Uh, we're starting to see the mind right stuff now. It's What Do You Know with Joe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another week of What Do You Know with Joe. As always, we've got Baxter, we've got Winnie, we've got Lindsay on summer break still. Things are going awesome. Can't wait for this week. This has been an episode I really enjoyed and wanted everyone to hear. We've got principal architect from Shiflet Richardson, Mark Richardson, joining us, as well as associate at um, Purple Cherry, my brother, Carmen Cafiro. Uh, he and Mark met in graduate school and are both thriving architects, Mark in Austin, Carmen in Charlottesville. Um, And as you will hear throughout the episode, we talk all the ins and outs and fun stuff about architecture. For those who don't know, I find architecture very fascinating. You know, I think there's a a genius to it and a, and a very clever genius with that. You know, I think architects think about a lot of things, like think of everything and think of, you know, unique, whatever they're putting into a, you know, a building or a house or whatever it may be, they put, unique twists on it and things that you wouldn't necessarily think of you like right off the top of your head and i think honestly there's just true genius to it so very excited to share that and hear more about it i think you guys are gonna all and gals are going to love this talk it's it's very fun um it's a long episode so there's no post pod this week but tune in next week uh we will have a post pod talk but i'm not gonna name the guests just yet well you know who it is but you know how i do it either way not gonna take any more time why don't we jump right into the episode? It's going to be awesome. You guys are going to learn a lot. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to another episode of What Do You Know with Joe. I have another set of great guests with me in Carmine Cafiro. That name sounds familiar. He is my brother. And Mark Richardson. Uh, both are architects, and we'll describe a little bit more about where they work, what they do. And I personally think architecture is really, really neat, so I'm very excited to have them on. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Of course, of course. Uh, as we were talking a little bit before, uh, both Mark and Carmen are very busy, and you know I'm very excited to hear about you know what they're doing. Um, so this kind of question, and Mark, I'll, I'll just because you know I want to first. Sorry, Carmen. Um, I'm gonna uh, you know defer to you. We'll, we'll go Mark to Carmen in these questions. Um, but really, I want right. to I want to learn I want to learn you know a lot about what you do, what inspired you to be you know get into architecture what you know was it always something maybe you're looking to doing and you know all the ins and outs of it like i said i find it really fascinating and all the little you know little things that i truly find there's genius behind same thing for you Carmen. i'd love to learn not only more about you know your firm and what you're doing but also what you find interesting about and what made you want to go down the road but um you know with that um mark what sparked your interest in architecture? Like what made you want to be like, Hey, this is definitely what I'm going to spend my four years at school doing. Yeah. Um, I, I was probably a, a little unique compared to a lot of people, um, kind of going into college, you know, a lot of people are kind of figuring out what they want to do or whatever, but I kind of knew I wanted to be an architect from, uh, for a long time since I was like a little kid, really. Um, I was kind of always, you know, always uh, pretty good at art classes and uh, drawing and stuff like that. And it's like, it's almost cliche for architects at this point, but I was like really into Legos and building stuff. And, uh, and so those, those two things kind of, uh, you know, the the artistic side and kind of almost an engineering, like an interest in building um, and seeing things in 3d, it all kind of uh, led to that. But then a, a big, a big factor is my uncle, is an architect in Dallas and uh, I grew up in Houston, but he's in Dallas. And um, uh, so I was exposed to kind of his work uh, early on and like drawing floor plans and stuff. And, uh, and so it was just like, man, you know, this all clicks. It seems like the right fit for me and it's something I really am interested in. And, um, and uh, thankfully even going through architecture school and everything, it, it remained so, uh, you know, and I stuck with it and it's, uh, I couldn't really see myself doing anything else really um except maybe playing music but mm. uh architect architecture is a little more uh steady i guess uh <laughs> in a good market so uh wow. uh yeah it's it's been fun but it's worked out wow so you've really been fully engulfed in architecture and you know the artistic side of things since you were a young kid you've really just since you've since you've been young you that's just what you've been wanting to go after 
Yeah, totally. Um, uh, my grandmother awesome. still has like, my grandmother still has like a floor plan that I drew when I was like <laughs> five or six or something on the fridge, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I don't think you could build it right now, but, um, but no, it's just, yeah, I just always had that interest. It's, um, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know why. Yeah. Hey, you know, good for you. You knew what you wanted when you were young. I, I, you know, I wish yeah. I had that. Um, but uh, Carm, same to you. You know, what what kind of sparked your? I know you had a few, especially growing up with you. I know you had a few things you were kind of looking at, but especially when you got to college, I think architecture was kind of what you cemented. And what sparked your interest in it? Yeah. So, you know, when I when I first got to college, uh, you know, I thought that I was going to be a doctor. I had started taking all the pre med courses. I got all the way through to or you know organic chemistry. I was like, nope, that's enough. Um, that was terrible. And I, was not, <laughs> I had no idea. Wow. I was not looking forward to the prospect of more of those things. Um, but I had friends at tech that, um, I had friends at tech that were in the architecture school at the time. And I spent time there studying and, you know, just being adjacent to that always kind of piqued my interest. And I think mom always wanted me to be an architect. She, I remember her saying that in like high school. Um, and you know we come from a we come from a family of builders and contractors and you know i spent time in the summers with you know uncle matt carrying paint buckets around the hamptons and in the city and uh, you know we had a had an exposure to the to the building industry but from a different perspective um and i always remember coming out of school and uncle matt and uncle mark saying that i was the guy that drew things that nobody could build <laughs> um but uh but it doesn't appear to have turned out that way because <laughs> I have a portfolio of things that have gone up. <laughs> but uh, but but once I got into school and and things you know the dust started to sell and uh, kind of crystallized about what I was really interested in, um, it just became really apparent that I I had a I had a, a a background that was pushing me in that direction. I had a I had a knack for it. I am not a natural drawer. I'm not a natural artist. I I had to take time to to work on that and and practice it and and just take in as many examples as, as i could um but i've always had a kind of a mind for puzzles and codes and and putting things together and both from a design point of view and a technical point of view so i've, I've always really enjoyed that combination and doing what i do right now is just the best example or expression of that opportunity that i've ever been given so it, any amount of stuff that I've done before or other places that I've worked before have, have been good and fun and, and worthwhile in their own right. But what I'm doing right now, um, shifting to a different part of the industry has been really fun to be honest. Nice. Oh, so yeah, you definitely that's have cool. That's interesting. Uh, sorry. I just, uh, it's interesting to hear that you, you weren't, um, uh, you know, at least you're claiming to not have been like artistic or whatever, because I remember in school, your drawings look excellent. <laughs> you had, you had beautiful drawings. So like, man, you must have really worked hard on that. Um, yeah, that's surprising. Should Mark just did the polite thing I was going to do. I was going to call bullshit on. Yeah, I was going to say, Mark just did that <laughs> with me. I, I, you every drawing I've looked at yours has been very neat, very like just beautiful and i'm like hmm yeah that you just you just stumbled upon that that's not something you were just I, i'm I, mark put it very politely but yeah i was gonna call bullshit on that well <laughs> i think what mark's mark's talking about anything that we ever did for like thesis or like when mark when mark and i crossed paths we were doing our we were doing our master's work and you know we were yeah we were doing a lot of hardline i mean we didn't really have a lot of uh push to use the computer but we always did but we did computer work we we were at that point in time we were still we were still drafting so yeah, um, I always liked the embellishment of those types of drawings, but by freehand, I I never had a natural, you know, a, a natural ability for that. So like any you really had to work for it. That that sort of stuff. I I read a lot of books. I I looked at you know. There's always the cliche things like you know you you just pour over Da Vinci drawings, Raphael sketch like early work sketches and and all that sort of stuff, and just try and like dig into what it is about those drawings that are powerful and make them communicative and expressive and that sort of stuff and and those are the things that i've really had to work on and, and i'm glad that i did because now that i do what i do in the way that we work we we draw by hand all the time for the front end of all of our stuff and i never would be able to do what i do now if i didn't if i didn't do it that way 
So you mentioned something. I, I definitely want to come back to the technology part at the end, but you mentioned something about diving into like DaVinci and stuff. Mark, I want to ask you this too, and Carmel asked that. Were there like specific architect or engineers that you like found yourself gravitating towards or really like wanted to look after and modeled yourself after? Or were there any that really kind of inspired you, whether it be an architect or like a civil engineer, you know, someone that you were like, I, you know, really admire their work and wanted, you know, it inspired you maybe? Yeah, um, I mean, uh, well, as I mentioned, my my uncle in Dallas, like, uh, it, not that he's like done any kind of famous work or anything, but just that early influence uh, of, of like sparking. That's what I wanted to do. But then, um, you know, as like a kid, teenager, whatever, high school, you know, there's like kind of the only like household name architect was like Frank Gehry, <laughs> and. Uh, Right. Uh, and he's, you know, for the for the layperson, he, like he does these wild, uh, you know, really sculptural forms, um, almost no right angles and straight lines. And, uh, you know, I was blown away by that as like a kid, like, wow, like, um, look what they can build. This is awesome. Like super inspiring. Now, having like gone through architecture school and now as a practicing architect, I'm like, eh. I, I respect what he does, but like, that's not really my style. You know, uh, I'm kind of, uh, the, the rational part of my brain appeals a little too much. Uh, I'm a little too rational for kind of the, the tricky wasted spaces that, uh, those weird shapes create. Um, but anyways, um, so like, I guess, yeah, early on, maybe Frank Gehry, you could say, even though right now I would say he's not an influence on my work at all. Uh, but just sort of like opened my, opened the door to me for to architecture. Uh, another one kind of early on and going into school was uh, Santiago Calatrava, uh, who just does these awesome, um, he's kind of an architect and an engineer and uh, just a really artful expression of the structure, uh, which I'm really drawn to. And um, so, you know, it still serves a function, but um, in a really beautiful way. Um, you know, now there's probably other architects I could I could mention that more directly kind of influence my work. Uh, but you know, those two those two kind of big names, architects you could call them, were uh, were an early kind of like got me excited about architecture, I guess. Nice. And Carm, same question to you. Yeah, and Mark, you mentioned Gary. If if he can get that shit built, that sketch, that kid, that drawing that you did as a kid could definitely get built, man. It just takes enough money. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, it's basically what it is. Starts out as a little like you know six year old napkin sketch, and then uh, hands it over to a bunch of really smart guys that uh, can figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, you know, as as far as you know, early on, Joe walking into uncle kevin's home office was actually nothing that i really thought about until i really started thinking about doing architecture but at the more and more i remember walking into his home office a couple of times and being an being an architect in new york and the work that he did and rubbing up against the folks that he's worked with like he's worked with hok on yankee stadium i remember seeing a illustration of the trade centers in his office and i and the he's gonna you know kill me but like the uh the um urban legends that he was part of the, the team that worked on that and i can't remember whether or not that was his drawing or not but part of what he has been what he's done over time is, is those illustrations and i've always liked to believe that it was his um but um but uh and then his his uh i had a chance to meet his his buddy al a couple of times when i was actually thinking about going up to rpi and um, and, um, but, uh, and they're going to kill me for this too, but I've really always appreciated New Yorkers who are architects because there's just <laughs> this really great practicality to their approach to stuff. <laughs> Not only when they're just dealing with when they're working through designs, but they're also dealing with clients, you know, things like, no, nah, you don't want to do that. That's a dumb idea. Or, um, like, <laughs> <laughs> or just they're like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. It just costs money. I don't know if you have enough money for it, but we could do that. Like, <laughs> like I, <laughs> I've always loved listening to those stories and I've always now that I now that I do it as my profession I you know as, as much as I can feel comfortable with doing I always try and bring some of that to it but as far as 
as far as the Starkitects go, I've always loved Tom Kundig. Um, I've always really appreciated his approach to design. I've loved his forms. I've loved that he always builds in really mechanical parts to his project, giant windows that operate with pulleys and wheels. And I mean, Mark, I remember us like getting our hands on those houses books when we were at grad school yeah. right over them. Those were awesome. You know, and, but yeah, man. Flipping through them and stuff. Um, uh, McInturf or McInturf in, you know, as a local group has always been something. It's the first like book I bought by my, for myself as an architect when I was thinking about studying architecture. They're a local group out of Annapolis uh, or in Maryland, um, and they've always done these really cool. They're of a definitely of a time, but they were just like these homes in their setting that have always been really great. Um, there's always people like Frank Lloyd Wright, those because I had the chance mm -hmm. to see those houses, which was always fun. Um, and to hear the urban legends that follow them, but to kind of then see there and pick apart that urban legend and um, take the house for what it is, is always that, you know, that that was always a really cool opportunity. Mm. No. I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta definitely Google and some a lot of the listeners have to Google some of those names for sure. Uh, but I appreciate, you know, I, that's what the show is about is, you know, learning and growing knowledge. So I appreciate you sharing. Um, Mark, I'm going to kind of, we're going to we're going to come back to you i promise we're going to pivot uh, a little bit here mark i know you're down in austin and especially like you said with your uncle and the people who inspired you tell me a little bit about you know your story in austin and you know how you rose to principal so fast and you know what maybe how some of those influence in the styles and those values you know have gone into your background there sure yeah um so I, uh, after after school, after grad school with Carmine, uh, moved back to Texas and uh, knew I kind of always wanted to be in Austin. I grew up in Houston, but I just love Austin. Um, and uh, it's just a fun town and uh, the landscape is beautiful and everything. And there's a lot of cool work happening here uh, as far as architecture goes. And um, so I started out uh, at a small, it was pretty much a startup at the time, um, firm called Moon Tower Design Builds. And... Um, really great people um awesome guys and girls uh that uh it was able to kind of and it was kind of you know the the economy was recovering from the recession it kind of started with smaller projects and that kind of uh went you know evolved into bigger projects and uh and but you know the big part of that was that it was design build so um we designed we did the architecture and then we also managed it all the way through construction so i had uh, I was able to, um, you know, project manage the projects and construction on site, you know, dealing with the subcontractors, framers, you know, everything and really learning the ins and outs of construction um, that like, I mean, that was, that was probably the best way to start a career in architecture because I really quickly learned like how stuff actually gets built, which you don't learn in school at all. <laughs> uh, and um which is fine, you know, school is like, that's the opportunity to do like, you know, push the boundaries, do really cool stuff. But, you know, then you get into the real world and you get like a little bit of dose of reality and, and you know, you find the middle ground. But uh, so I, anyways, I, I started, I spent about five years at Moon Tower and then I saw that um, uh, it's really great firm in Seattle, Olson Kundig, um, Carmine just mentioned Tom Kundig, uh, really great uh, architect who I always, yeah, really admired his work and, um, you know, just world-class work and really uh, awesome houses in particular is what I appreciated of that really like kind of um, nestled into their their beautiful natural surroundings um, really well, really innovative kind of use of materials, kind of raw materials, but, you know, elevated them in a way to make them really beautiful. And yeah, the whole um, gizmo uh, operations of like opening an entire wall with just a little you know mechanical wheel and pulleys and things um, really awesome so got an opportunity to go out and uh, work with that firm um, work with Tom and man that was just like you know I was just trying to soak up as much as I could be a sponge just surrounded by super talented people and um, and that was just a really great opportunity uh, and interesting enough, I moved to Seattle to work there, but the project I got put on was located in Austin. So um, that was kind of cool because I, you know, I got to go back to Austin a couple of times with that and, and keep my connections and stuff. And um, but after a little while, uh, sorry, it's probably a long story, but um, 
after a little while, my wife and I were, you know, Seattle kind of didn't feel like home to us. It was, it's a beautiful city, really cool. Uh, just never felt like home. We're just kind of Texans at heart. We were ready to get home and kind of start a family. So, um, moved back to Austin and then, uh, literally in the drive back to Austin, I, I actually had a job lined up at a different firm and, um, and that's what got me to move down there. But literally in the drive down, uh, David Shiflett, my former um, business partner, gave me a call and said he was looking for somebody to really kind of come in and help design stuff, help run stuff. Uh, really great opportunity, a better opportunity than than I was going into at the other firm, and uh, it was it was tough, I, you know. But I just I ended up having to do what was best for me and my future family and all that, and it ended up being a really great uh, decision. That was an awkward call to the the old firm that like, Hey, you know, I didn't, uh, promise I didn't pursue anything. Otherwise I totally got a call out of the blue to, you know, this great opportunity, got to take it. Uh, but they handled it really well. They were great. Um, and so essentially, yeah, the, what had happened was the builder of my project in Austin that I was at, at Olsen Kundig, uh, knew David Shiflett really well. And, and, uh, he said he was hiring and the builder said, Hey, I know the perfect guy. He's moving to Austin right now. Give him a call. <laughs> so, uh, man, it just, uh, it worked out and sort of the rest is history. You know, David's, uh, he's had a great practice here in Austin for like four decades, you know, just a, a great name here in the Austin, um, architecture scene. And, uh, he was, just, he was just kind of getting ready to retire and looking for the next guy to, take over and take over the reins and um man it was just right place right time for me and i just feel very lucky very blessed however you want to say it uh you know it was uh, i just yeah it was a to it was a very fast rise uh to principle and i'm extremely grateful and i i'm i'm humbled daily and uh you know still learning mm -hmm. as we go but hey it's it's, it's a lot of fun <laughs> no, that's awesome. And again, never yeah. I, I you never have to apologize for the length of the story. The more knowledge the better. That was awesome. <laughs> um but um cool. you how uh you, based on all the different places you've gone, you know, what styles are big in you know Austin for architecture? I, I want to harp on it a little bit later, get both your perspective, but you both have mentioned how the scenery takes a seems like it plays a big factor. How, like, what styles are, like, big in Austin, and is it, like, similar to that of Seattle or, like, what you did in the past? Or, you know, is it, you know, have you had to kind of bring in someone like the home of, you know, being a Texan and knowing what those values are? Yeah, so, um, well, I mean, uh, probably like most, you know, yeah. metropolitan areas, there's a big mix of stuff. Uh, and, you know, uh, when stuff gets built over time, different styles go in and out of, in and out of style. And, uh you know, there. Uh, but to to kind of define a, the Austin style, you definitely see a lot of limestone because we're just surrounded by it. It's just a local building material. Um, you know, a lot of influence from the old German settlers in Texas around the hill country, like Fredericksburg area, uh, of just kind of simple, uh, simple roof forms, sort of like you know farmhouses, ranch houses, if you can imagine. You know, big overhangs, big porches for. To, to shade from the oppressive sun and heat. And uh, uh, so, you know, sort of a low slung ranch style stone, I guess you could kind of call Austin, but um, there's been several, uh, you know, like, like right now, kind of a bunch of cheap, like quote unquote, modern farmhouse, you know, white, hardy board and batten, black windows, uh, that kind of thing are going up uh it's a it's a mix but there's there's definitely a lot more um just the culture of austin i think lends to a lot more modern architecture uh, a lot more people are open to it and like that style as opposed to like you know houston where i grew up or dallas where you just see a lot more um kind of traditional styles and like red brick and stuff like that um but you, you could definitely say the architecture in austin is a little bit more influenced by uh the pretty you know natural surroundings mm-hmm no, I get that. And you, you had mentioned that I have so much I want to go back to. And Carmen, I think you even made a face too. I kind of want to ask, do those stereotypical, like, you know, like average Joe's like me, no pun intended that we see on like Zillow and stuff where it's like, <laughs> Oh, that house looks pretty. It's got white. And you know, the, like you said, did those kind of houses make you guys cringe and you're just like, there's no 
beautiful like there's no value to that like there's no there's nothing special about that. like those kind of houses make you just like uh like cringe a little bit uh, well you know it, it, yeah if they're if they're done poorly i mean you know if i'm honest i'm i've got a house yes. going right now that's kind of like white stucco and dark windows and it's just like you know uh, ultimately we kind of do a, a diverse range of work and we'll work in a lot of styles but like yeah what's what's painful is like when you see the developers go in and they're just like you know you could tell budget is it's just all about the budget and the bottom line and like they didn't really work with an architect and kind of diy'd it and that's it, yeah kills us a little bit inside as architects when you see that kind of stuff uh getting thrown together yeah i think it's i think it's more like i think it's more akin to like when you hear a even if it's a good song, when it's played too much, you're like, I am ready for something different. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> right. You know, it, 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 and and that and to that point, when it gets like just distilled and pulled down and, and economized to a point where like you're you're tearing out all of the things that make that that thing special, just to be able to sell a like a to sell a look. Yeah, that that that's always frustrating, and it and it cheapens what we do, right? Because that's the whole point of what we do is the attentiveness that we right. that we yeah. take to those things but it's also kind of like uh uh if you ever watched uh chef show on like netflix right where they talk about lava cake it was this cool thing that ever like that only the best chefs did and then somebody like olive garden figured out how to figure out how to do it cheap and then everybody had it and wanted it and everybody could get it <laughs> yeah okay yeah. now it's no, now it's yeah. just it's vanilla it's you know right. there's so I, that's a that's, great analogy because we do because we're the same way you know and and we don't we don't shy away from it because there's an inherent right. there was an inherent value and and you can do those things well you, you right. can do that style well but you have to you have to pay attention and you have to you have to do it with care and, and yeah when you don't it's it's like what 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 am I looking at mm-hmm. yeah exactly there is a there is a period in Austin around here that you know i guess somebody thought you know took a look at the the hill country like austin's kind of like right at the beginning of what you call the texas hill country um you know a little bit rolling hills you see like exposed rock outcroppings and stuff like that and uh i guess somebody thought it looked like the hills of tuscany italy and uh said oh let's do uh let's do a tuscan style house and then that just like caught on like wildfire in like the 90s and early 2000s and in west austin in the hills like everywhere you look is just like you know maybe the first one starting out and and you know david shiflett my old business partner would be he'd tell you yeah sure we did some really we did some tuscan houses style but uh but you know gave it that attentiveness and um attention to detail to where you know they, they actually work and they're it, it, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's not bad it's not what i would choose to live in today but like but the problem is yeah like carmine was saying it just got economized and just like bastardized essentially to where it's like well it's mm-hmm. texas tuscan now it's uh you know really bad stone really terrible awkward proportions and just essentially mcmansions um in stone and and cheap tile roof uh and so that's an unfortunate thing and it's almost becoming like a project type now of like what do we do with all these houses how do we remodel them to make them like you know look halfway decent and function better uh it, so that's kind of becoming an interesting project type but anyway that's like sort of an aside mm-hmm. well and you, so you both you both mentioned it and i definitely want to get both of you so i guess because like you guys mentioned and mark just on that story you just told how crucial is it to not crucial but you know close to the bullseye so to speak is it to like nail the i guess scenery of where you're trying to build and then you know that playing into how a design would look like how how crucial is it to like understanding and thinking you know understanding the layout around and like the scenery and kind of building from there because ultimately i feel like from everything i've heard is scenery plays a really really big piece into you know like before you guys even start the process or in the beginning of the process is that right or is that kind of off mark you can go first yeah totally yeah um yeah, you know, it's kind of a, um, I don't know, kind of more of a like a mindset of uh, of a lot of the architects that I admire of just like you know the building um, kind of 
uh, is harmonious with its surroundings. Um, and that could be, that could be a beautiful, like total rural ranch setting, not surrounded by any other buildings, or it could be, you know, um, a, a suburban lot or an urban lot with, you know, buildings right next to it. And, uh, and, you know, being respectful of kind of the character of the, of the place and the feeling of the place or the neighborhood. And, um, and yeah, so, you know, I think there's a lot of things that factor into it, like just kind of local available materials, like, you know, um, you'd see, uh, you know, that's why you see like Adobe houses in New Mexico and in the, des in the desert. And you see, you know, a lot of stone houses around here where there's a lot of stone. And, um, mm -hmm. and so that, you know, that's, that's part just like practicality of just using what's available around there, but it's also, um, you know, it's, there's a bit of the, the surrounding nature, um, you know, playing a part in, in the house and, and having it, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily think a house has to like disappear into its surroundings, but there's just something about like, uh, just being harmonious in a way and the right scale and, uh, to where you couldn't, you know, hopefully it's an improvement on the landscape, uh, uh, you know, literally and just like kind of aesthetically, um, if that makes any sense. And, and honestly, Carmine yeah. is way better at talking about this kind of stuff than I am. <laughs> uh, I, don't know. I thought that was pretty good. No, I mean, we, we, uh, uh, we're really fortunate where I work to be able to work on, um, and, and, you know, and in Maryland, it's a lot of coastal work and in Virginia, it's a lot of, um, you know, big property work, but there's always, um, there's always good view and there's always, that's one of the first things that clients come and say that they're really looking to kind of maintain or harness or focus on when they come and start projects with us. And, and so, you know, when we've been asked before, if we work in any particular style or what that is or sort of stuff, we, we really, you know, we say our style is view because we can work in pretty much any style that we're, you know, that we're comfortable with lots of different things, but, but, um, citing the home correctly, focusing on the view that's important and maintaining the organization of the home and window placement and, and that sort of thing is critical to what we do. And, and if it doesn't feel like it's of its place, both from a material perspective, but also from a just a, a view from the inside out perspective, because let's be honest, that's where we spend 90% of our time, um, then it then it's it's not as successful as it could have been like maintaining that connection when i'm inside my home to the outside is something that we're always striving to maintain or, or to achieve when when we're working with clients mm -hmm. and totally yeah you can't see me but i'm nodding my head i think that's yeah that's <laughs> spot on just yeah the uh it starts with that very first site you know plan and orientation and and it'll vary uh depending on the region you know like uh Solar orientation is a huge deal here um, with how hot it gets and, and, you know, orienting that back porch to catch the prevailing breeze from the southeast and, and, uh, and yeah, views, views play a huge factor here in Austin where, you, you know, sometimes you're up on a hill and you got a great view. So, yeah, that's, that's really the, the primary driver. And then, um, yeah, we can kind of work in, in any sort of style that the, uh, the client likes to take it. But, you know, at the end of the day, we want to be something we want to be proud of and that the, that the homeowner loves as well. Hmm. And so that I kind of want to, cause I know I have like a billion questions, but I know we're coming up on time. So I want to <laughs> definitely yeah, let's get to this one. So have you, I, let's get to a funny, I guess funny slash, you know, more relaxed kind of topic. Have you both ever had, feel free to share as much best as you can. Definitely, you know, obviously as best as you can disclose uh, a situation where a client just, it was ridiculous and you, you you it definitely just you know makes you think okay one this uh, they they're not seeing the value or maybe they're just like you mark you might have mentioned they're just but they're all budget oriented but do you have any i feel like you know especially you when you're you know with the work you both of you do you could have some interesting clients for sure and you know you definitely never know what you're gonna get and i i feel as though that can stumble upon so we're gonna switch it up here carm if you want to go first on this one let me hear one Oh, that is my favorite part of the job is working. <laughs> you know, I, I came from a, I thought it was important when I first got started to have an understanding of kind of, um, sorry, sorry to interject real quick, Carmen, for everyone, you work at an associate at 
Purple Cherry Architects, correct? Is that the That's full exclusive right. name? Correct. That's right. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. So, Continue. but before I got here, I you know I worked at I worked at at big firms doing doing big builds and big design, and and I thought it was important to get a handle on or you know understanding of how that part of uh, the business worked and how that thing sort of worked. But when you work with those sorts of clients, like you work with school systems, you work with you work with city councils and that sort of stuff big groups of people at a time you never really get a sense for like the individual character of any particular person um mm -hmm. you're just trying to help but you're, you're trying to help a larger group of people with which has a lot of inherent value like working on schools and working on college buildings was always it was really easy to see the value in what you were trying to give to somebody right in that sort of work but working on homes and getting to work with couples and families and it's just it's you meet so many awesome personalities and like and legitimately quirky personalities and and people at their most like personal when you get when they start sure. to get comfortable yeah. that like who they are really starts to come out and that's always fun um but i think like as as far as uh like a specific example i'm not really sure i can go into one but i've always i've always loved to sit back in in project meetings with clients who feel like they know everything about home design because they've lived in a home and i know what i'm doing like mm -hmm. um <laughs> uh, and, and like they'll they'll be sitting there talking about your design one like it's theirs two like like know everything about your expertise and right. then like create this like dynamic where like they are telling you like the the fundamental principles of design and what it means to be an architect and so factor on me, boss. And yeah, and it, like, you sit, you just you just kind of like you you get to a point where you you let it like wash over you like mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm, that's you're right you're absolutely right um, and you kind of you do your best to kind of um, gently bring them either into work them through what it is that's challenging about what they're proposing like uh, I would. I would like a I would like a, a forty foot long cantilevered porch with no supports. Like okay, and here's why that's possible. Like okay, <laughs> tell me, please tell me why. Um, uh, and then like working, just working through that. And when you can make something like that possible, it's always really cool. Uh, but most often it's not, uh, and it always happens <laughs> at the beginning. And it's always at the beginning. And Honestly, those it's like watching the first couple episodes of a new like show series or something. Like that. Those are always the first. Those are always the most interesting and most fun for me because it's like it's before every. It's it's when everything is possible. The budget is kind of whatever. Uh, and here's like here's what I want to do. I want this. I want this house to completely cantilever off the side of the mountain. Like, okay, that's fine. Um, here's what that means. <laughs> are you comfortable with that oh no that that's not that's not possible that's not even within our budget or that's not at all what i thought it was going to be like okay here we go now let's kind of like <laughs> yeah, let's check like, um so uh, you know i don't know if that really answers the question yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i get like, you but you've never had anyone be like give me a 30 foot ceiling you're like well we don't we can't do that and you're like well, make it happen here's a billion dollars and it's like no well, that happens all the time <laughs> that happens all the time <laughs> uh, that happens pretty much on every project regardless of budget or scale <laughs> um you often do find and mark can speak to this you know if he's found this too but recently with how crazy everything about the market is you, it happens a lot with the clients with i'm not with smaller budgets who still think that they can you know that everything is possible or that mm -hmm. you know they're not totally in tune with what their dollars are going to get them they're like yeah i want 15 foot tall steel doors and and i want this you know and the, and, and that's you know sure we can that's that's like 800 $800,000 window package you cool with that they're like oh no that's my budget okay so here we go let's <laughs> so yeah Mark, yeah, you? that's that's definitely one of the that's definitely one of the most um, challenging and tricky things to kind of navigate as part of our job is just like yeah, client expectation and education and and all that of like yeah, you know, we're dealing with like their dream homes here and so they you know a lot of times have big dreams but um, you know very real budgets and so we gotta uh, gotta try to balance the two and the, you know. Um, and it's and it's tough especially right now yeah it's hard to it's hard to even pin a number down and it seems like it changes every day and um we we try to we try to have them 
hire a contractor, a builder for pre-construction services, you know, even after our first like hand sketch, just to be like, gut check, what do you think? Are we online? Are we on target for budget or not or whatever? And so they're like a huge resource to, uh, to bounce off like, you know, um, budget and everything. Uh, so that we don't, because the last thing we want to do is like complete an entire set of plans, you know, this mm -hmm. long process, send it out for bids and it's, you know, double the budget or whatever it was. So, um, so, but anyways, yeah, like, you know, we get some, uh, some front requests and sometimes, uh, they've got the ability to do it. And other times it's, um, yeah, like Carmine said, you got to kind of bring them back to earth a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, uh. But it's a fun process, and you know sometimes we kind of have to play uh, marriage counselor, um, you know, because uh, even even the clients aren't always aligned on on their uh, needs and wants and vision, and uh, you gotta come up with you gotta be mediator and come up with a solution that makes them both happy, and uh, it's uh, it's interesting, but it's you know I'd I'd so much rather work for you know individual people and families and couples on a house than uh, you know a faceless client you know um you know big company or whatever where you know i i just love how it's how it's personal and it's it's like something different every day yeah. oh hands down i mean to be able and, and mark's totally right the fact that most of the time these people are coming to you it's it's either their their second home or their last home or or their dream home because they've either made it big or they've had they've had success or something like that and, and to help them visualize and like create that um, is is just there's, there's no really good way to kind of express how cool of a job that is but um, yeah the marriage counselor part's also totally true uh, sometimes <laughs> they, right? sometimes they will literally point at each other and it's like I can't believe you just said that that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard I had a, I had yeah. a wife husband that one time I had a I had a husband walk out of the room and have to go have to take a 15 minute break and then they sat down and we had 20 minutes oh. of reconciliation to the fact I love you know your schmoopy sort of thing <laughs> uh, wow I haven't even I haven't even seen that level yet but uh wow that's awesome you need the like the the counselor couch in the conference room yeah it's but it's but that's a whole the, show just on those <laughs> you could, you could, you really could. If I had a whole, whole bunch of like waivers to sign or sort of stuff, you know, or confidentiality forms, I, right. I, I'd tell you so. So as we wrap up here, the last thing I want to definitely get both of your intake on, and we'll start with you, Mark. Um, what is one thing you would, you know, encourage, you know, younger architects to do that maybe you would, you know, look back, be like, ah, I, that would definitely, you know, help me in the future um and then you know maybe someone you would think maybe even in, like architecture engineering someone you would think uh i would i should think about interviewing next yeah sure um so first part of the question i i would say try to get a job in construction <laughs> be yeah. it design yeah. build or be it construction only you know swinging hammers with a framing crew or or as a you know, project manager, even just kind of estimating, but just seeing the construction side of it, uh, really you get that crash course education in how stuff actually works, how it actually gets built, what stuff costs, um, all that. And that just, you know, super, uh, helps, you know, inform your, your design abilities and all that. And, uh, um, and it's, it's garnered in me, a, a, a appreciation and an, an empathy for uh, the builders and what I'm asking them to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I, mm -hmm. sometimes, right. you know, the architect's got to be the client's advocate and yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, get, get with a builder. Like you can, you can do this, like, you know, uh, mm. but you know, sometimes maybe I make it, uh, I concede a little too much and make it a little too easy on the builder. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think, um, yeah, I would say that. And like, uh, even a, even a, job while you're in school of like waiting tables just learning that like humility how to deal with people difficult people and nice people because you you just right. you come across them really in any industry um and just kind of learning how to be how to stay humble and be a servant um you know even to to you know 
nasty people. But uh, mm-hmm. so I'd say that. Uh, and um, I don't know. As far as the next person to interview, um, uh, you should interview. I'll, I'll, I've got a two-part answer. One might be more likely than the other. One, okay. uh, I think the architect Rick Joy is Rick Joy. is fantastic. Yeah. Rick Joy. He's. Uh, I think he's kind of. Uh, I put him on the same kind of level and sort of like school of thought as uh, Tom Kundig and um, he's, he's, uh, his work is amazing and, um, and really like responds to each individual location and site and all about the materials and, and how they come together and everything. Uh, the other one I'd say is uh, Carmine and I's old uh, uh, professor, Scott Gardner. <laughs> yeah man <laughs> he's the he's the best he'd, he'd be a he'd be a fun um, conversation oh man okay. nice pull mark <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. gotta, gotta just came to be mark. mark i appreciate that parm how about how about you yeah um uh advice for younger folks i i couldn't agree with mark more um get your find a way to get your hands dirty um i, mm-hmm. I think i look back at working with uh uncle matt and even like sitting like god damn architect look at what this then uh and actually like, <laughs> unpacking unpacking what what the finished result is you know what before mm-hmm. you get there uh, is any any opportunity that you have to do that i would i would take on um i i agree See, yeah as the uh sorry i don't want to i don't mean to interrupt but yeah as a funny part of moon tower design build i was managing a project on site and the framer was there looking at the plans that i drew but he didn't know that i drew them because he thought it was just like you know <laughs> an architect drew these and handed them to the builder which was me right. it's like you know what the i don't know if i can cuss here but it was a uh, it was colorful language it's like you know what the hell is, this guy doesn't know what he's doing like what we can't do that blah 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 and, you know so that was very candid very real feedback uh firsthand and I, I I'll remember that forever. <laughs> Did you tell him it was you? Did you tell him it was you? No, no, I didn't. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Let me uh, we, let's let's maybe do it this way. Yeah, let's do it this way instead. Yeah, yeah screw that guy. Yeah, right, right. I'll get back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll find yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've seen him around here a little bit. If you see him, what was I trying to down. Uh, there you go. Nice. Uh, um, the um yeah find and find a way find a way to have to meet with as many people as you possibly can yeah uh, whether that's whether that's you know whether that's a retail job whether that's a food industry job where you're at the front you know cashier or something like that like i oh shit, i remember doing that at bon appetito like a pizza mm-hmm. joint like dealing with people like you gave me the wrong change no i promise i did you're an idiot you're 12. no i i can do math <laughs> i promise you i did um uh, you know and the other one might be to never forget all of the contextual parts of your lives that you can bring to what you do right now. Like I have a, I have a message that I need to send to my old high school baseball coach because he gave me so many fundamental aspects of going about your, going about your work that I, I take to work every day Hmm. that, that I, I will never forget. And, and I and I would probably say that too. If you're if you're inclined for sports, lean into that. Find a like really remember what it is to be on a team and understand what your strengths are, what they're not, mm-hmm. and how to find them in other people and how to lean on those things. Because even in a firm of six, you're still going to work on teams, or you're going to run into like you're going to have to build relationships and you're going to have right. to work through that. Right. We don't build we don't build the building, so we we have to go out and we have to talk with contractors and we have to manage that relationship too. And when you build good partnerships with contractors, the sky's the limit. Um, but I, you know, never, never forget all the other parts of your life that, right. and how you can bring them to what you do. Like if you, if you like, if you like to take things apart, if you like to put them back together, if you work on cars, if you work on, you know, if you like boats, whatever, sure. it doesn't matter what it is, but bring it, bring it, bring it to your work. Cause I promise you it has, it has value and it has, it has practical application for what you do every day. I, I, I very well said and uh who who do you think i should go after who do you think i should interview oh uh, scott's a good one, man scott's a good one um <laughs> <Hans>. so, 
<laughs> now, now I'm stumped, Mark. Give me one good one. Give me one. Uh, Peter Waldman would be someone I would say you should get to. You, you're not going to find a website for him or anything like that, but he's a former. Got to go black market. Gotcha. He's a uh, he's a professor at at UVA. Um, he used to have a practice in Princeton. Um, they don't have a staff directory at UVA's website. I can find this guy. Yo, you can totally find him, but you're not you're not gonna find a whole lot of his work. And when you find him, you're like, what kind of trippy stuff is this? And it because it's from the seventies, <laughs> really cool. Um, but he is he's just the most gentle, kind um, man I've ever met. And he's all, another person that I owe a letter to to say. You are part of the reason I am who I am because he's he's mm -hmm. just has a great way of um, working with people and and speaking about architecture and and what's important about the fundamentals of architecture and and pe and and how it pertains to people in in far as far as the clients that you would work with or for students mm -hmm. and how, how you work with them and that sort of thing and um, so I would definitely see if you can't get him on the call and that would be a really fun conversation oh you know what i would say if we can have a collab with peter and scott you'll you'll spend five hours of the most crazy stories you could possibly get your hands on that's what um, we're here for <laughs> uh and maybe somebody in the industry um uh i had a really fun opportunity to uh rub up against some folks at uh dlr sports when i was at a previous spot um when we were working at the uva baseball stadium I can shoot you in the names of the. I think I'm about to reach out to them. I'm about to, yeah. I'm about to hit them up. And it's it's a little bit of a different angle um, because you know we Mark and I talked about this scale and kind of work, but um, they do they do the big builds and they've worked at like the LA Coliseum and they've worked yeah. with MLB and they and they work at, they work all over the college arena. That's pretty cool. In every sort of sports arena that you could work with, and and it's. They're, the way they go about it and the the, the work is really cool. Hmm. Well, that's what we're here for. Five hour five hour episode could be fun. You never know. Um, but we <laughs> are uh, I'm wrapping up on time here. Mark Carmine, I can't thank you enough for joining me. We definitely learned a lot about architecture, and I continue to have the conversation. I think we could have probably gone on for another hour and thirty minutes, even more. Um, but I really can't thank you enough for joining me and helping me with this. I hope to have you, if you both want to come back on your friends of the podcast, welcome, come back on. Uh, but with that, uh, I can't thank you enough and we'll, uh, head out to the outro. Appreciate you guys joining me. You bet, man. This was fun. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. This was a lot of fun, Jeff. Mark, it was really good to catch up. Yeah. Great. Great. To, yeah. Let's, let's, uh, catch up even more after this. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thanks, fellas. All right. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Thanks.